Madhava Kunjabihare Gopi Giri Jaya Gopi Janabalaba Giri Vanadhari Yashodanandana Braja Janaranjana Ashodanandana Brajajana Rahanjana Yamuna Tihiravana Chari Yamuna Tihiravana Chari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunda Bihari Gopi Jana Balaba Giri Vanadari Jaya Gopi Jana Balaba Giri Vanadari Yashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Yamunatihiravanachari Yamunati Ravanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kundabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kundabihari Jaya Gopi Janabalabhagiri 
Sri Sri Gorni Tai Ki, Sri Sri Jagannathi Baladev Subhadra Ki, Sri Sri Radha Balaba Bhagavan Ki, <coughs> Nitai Go Premanandi. All oh, glories to the assembled devotees. All oh, glories to the assembled devotees. All oh, glories to the assembled devotees. All oh, glories, all oh, glories to Sri Sri Guru and Gauranga. <coughs>
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, Canto 7, Chapter 9, Text 38. Chapter heading is Prahlad pacifies the Lord with prayers. Itiham nitatri grishadeva jasvatur. Lokan vir varjashahamsa jagat pratipan. Dharma Mahapurusha Pasi Yoga Nurvritam Chana Kaloyad Abbas Abhavas Triyuga Tasvatam Iti Hamnik Trigyag Rishi Lokan vibhava sasi hamsi jagat patipan. Dharmam mahaparusha pasi yuganu vrittam. Jana kalu yad abhavas triyugata swatvam. Itiham ni triagrish de rishi devi janaspat so no sorry janashavata lokan vibhava shihamsi jagat patipan Dharmam Purusha Pasi Yuga Nuvritam Chana Kulo Yad Abhava Triyuga Tasvatvam Iti tvam chishtradri deva dhrashvatate Lokan vibhavasi yahamsi jagat patipan Tamam mahapurusha pasi yuga nuvritam Kanakaloyad abhavas triyoga tasvatvam Itiham nitriyega sridheva janashvat athea Lokan vibhavasi yamsi jakat patitan Dhamma mahapurusha pasi yuga nuvritam Janakalo yada bhavastri yuga tasvatvam Ladies.
Vira Ishideva Jajashvatera Lokam Vibhasya Hesitim Jajakapatipam Amam Mahapurusha Pasi Jugam Pridritam Jana Koloya Labhavastri Yuga Tasvatvam Vishram Mitera Rishideva Ganasutarin Lokan Vibhava Siddhahamsa Jakatpatena Dharmam Mahapurushapasi Yuganubritam Chanakaloya Bhapavatri Yuga Tasam Utam in this way Nri <clears throat> like a human being, such as Lord Krishna and Lord Ramchandra. Triyak, like animals, such as the boar. Rishi, as such, uh, uh, it's rish, sorry, as a fish. Oh, sorry, sorry. Rishi, as a great saint, sorry. Parashuram. Deva as a demigod, Yasya as an aquatic, such as a fish or as a tortoise, Avatare by such different incarnations, Lokan all different planetary systems, Vibhavasyasi you protect, Hamsi you sometimes kill. Jagatpatipan, uh, persons who have simply created trouble in the world. Dharmam, the principles of religion. Mahapurusha, a great personality. Pasi, you protect. Yuga Anuvritam, according to the different millenniums. Jana, covered. Kalo, in the age of Kali. Yat, since. Abhabha, have been and will be in the future. Triyuga, named Triyuga. Atta, therefore. Sa, the same personality. Tvam, you. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace Shula Prabhupada. In this way, my Lord, you appear in various incarnations as a human being, an animal, a great saint, a demigod, a fish, or a tortoise, thus maintaining the entire creation in different planetary systems and killing the demoniac principle according to the age. Of, uh, according to the age. O oh, my Lord, you protect the principles of religion in the age of Kali, however, you do not assert yourself as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and therefore you are known as Triyuga, or the Lord who appears in three Yugas. Purport. 
As the Lord appears uh, just to maintain Lord Brahma from the attack of Mahu, Madhu and Kaitabya, he also appeared to protect the great devotee Prahlad Maharaj. Similarly, Lord Chaitanya appeared in order to protect the fallen souls of Kali Yuga. There are four Yugas or millenniums, Sattva, Treta, Dvorpa and Kali. In all the Yugas, but Kali Yuga, the Lord appears in various incarnations and asserts himself as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But although Lord, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who appeared in Kali Yuga, is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he never asserts himself as such. On the contrary, wherever Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, whenever Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was addressed as being as good as Krishna, he blocked his ears with his hands, denying his identity with Krishna because he was playing the part of a devotee. Lord Chaitanya knew that in Kali Yuga there would be many bogus incarnations pretending to be God, and therefore he avoided asserting himself as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is accepted as the Personality of Godhead. However, in many Vedic literatures, especially in the Srimad Bhagavatam 11.5.32, Krishna Varanam Triyas Krishnam Sango Pangastra Parasadam Jagya Sankirtana Prayer Yantihi Sumedisaha. In Kali Yuga, the intelligent men worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of Lord Chaitanya, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is always accompanied by his associates such as Lord Nichananda, Advaita, Gadadha, and Srivas. The entire Krishna consciousness movement is based on the principles of Sankirtan movement inaugurated by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, one who tries to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead through the medium of the Sankirtan movement knows everything perfectly. He is Sumedhisaha, a person who is substantially, who ha, with substantial intelligence. Omagana timirandasya gananjana salakya chakshuram militam mena tasmai shri gurave namaha Nama om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutale Shimari Bhaktivedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Devam Gauravani Pacharani Nevisesha Shunyavari Pashachade Satarani Vanchakalpa Tarubyas Chakripa Sindhu Bhayeva Chapatitanam Pavanevya Vaishnavya Namonamaha So in this regard I just wanted to read a little bit from the Bhagavad Gita which is pertinent to this section of the Bhagavatam. And that is the verses in the uh, fourth chapter and text seven and eight, where Krishna says, Yada yadahi dharma sha grani bharati bharataha abhyuktana madharma sha tadatmani shriyam yaham. Whenever and wherever there is a decline in religious practice, O descendant of Bharat, and a predominant of rise of religion, at that time I descend myself. So in the purport, Prabhupada says here, from the Bhagavatam, we can understand that Lord Buddha is an incarnation of Krishna who appeared when materialism was rampant and materialists were using the pretext of authority of the Vedas. Although there are certain restrictions, rules and regulations regarding animal sacrifice for a particular purpose in the Vedas, people of demoniac tendencies still took to animal sacrifices without the reference of Vedic principles. Lord Buddha appeared to stop the nonsense and to establish Vedic, and to establish Vedic principles of non-violence. Therefore, each and every avatar or incarnation of the Lord has a particular mission 
and they are all described in the revealed scriptures. It is not a fact that the Lord only appears in Indian soil. In each and every incarnation, he speaks as much about religion as he can, can be understood by the particular people under a particular circumstance. Sometimes he descends personally, and sometimes he sends his bona fide representatives in the form of his son or servant, or himself in some disguised form. In the next verse, in verse 8, again Krishna says, Paritanaya sadhunam vinishaya chaduskritam dharma samstapapantaya sambhavani yuge yuge. In order to deliver the pious and annihilate the miscreants, as well as to re-establish the principles of religion, I event myself millennium after millennium. The last paragraph of that uh, purport also, the Lord, Srila Prabhupada writes, the Lord says that he incarnates himself in every millennium. This indicates that he incarnates also in the Kali Yuga, as stated in the Srimad Bhagavatam. The incarnation in the Kali Yuga of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who spread the worship of Krishna, by the Sankirtan movement, congregational chanting of the holy names, and spread Krishna consciousness throughout India. He predicted that this culture of Sankirtan would be broadcast all over the world, from town to town and village to village. Lord Chaitanya, as the incarnation of Krishna, the personality of Godhead, is described secretly, but not directly, in the confidential parts of the revealed scriptures, such as the Upanishads, the Mahabharata, and Bhagavatam. The devotees of Lord Krishna are much attracted by the Sankirtan movement of Lord Chaitanya. This avatar of the Lord does not kill the miscreants, but delivers them by the causeless mercy of the Lord. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Jai. So it's interesting, this is a time of prayer. It's quite a, a dark time that we're living in. Anybody read the news lately? It's a pretty horrific world that we're living in at the present stage. There's a lot going on and so we see here that Sri Prahlad also lived in a very dark time. Hiranyakashipu was running the universe, very demoniac person. And so here we have Sri Prahlad alone praying to the Lord and the demigods were responding as well. So just as when Lord Krishna left, there was darkness throughout the world Similarly, uh, the darkness of ignorance is, is also here. And, and basically we see in society today that it's the blind leading the blind. Uh, if you study history, any time after Krishna departed, uh, there is wars, constantly wars, pestilence, and so many things going on. And um, so this Kali Yuga is progressing, and there's immense darkness. Things like plagues, we just recently had the whole COVID pandemic, which for some was considered another world war because of the amount of people that actually died during this pandemic. And uh, it affected so many people in all different countries. So they considered this also uh, a war of sorts. Hare Krishna, how are you, Prabhu? Uh, so, the, so we're constantly seeing that there's wars everywhere and there's darkness all over the world. And as is pointed out in the Srimad Bhagavatam here, that the only hope for this Kali Yuga, for this increasing darkness, is the Sankirtan movement of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So it is our duty that we actually fulfill that mission of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu 
and promote the Sankirtan movement wherever and whenever we can. On the news, as I said, there's nothing but wars and at the moment we have this incredible crisis that's happening in the Ukraine and in Russia. And recently also there was an outbreak of war in the Middle East against Palestine and Israel. Severe darkness. Anybody could, that could bear to watch the news would be, uh, would be completely overwhelmed by the suffering, unimaginable suffering that's going on. And um, as communications officer, I sometimes have to be aware of what's going on in the society at the moment. And it is absolutely horrific, the suffering that people are going through. So this darkness of the Kali Yuga is very much, very much manifested at this present time. And devotees are caught up in this catastrophe as well. It's not just that we're immune to it. Devotees all over the world are empathic to what's going on. They feel sorrow for the people that are suffering. And in the same token, some devotees are caught up in it. I know that in the Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian devotees have been killed. Temple has been destroyed. Uh, in Russia also, some devotees that were uh, had to take up military service have also been suffering and killed. Uh, in uh, Israel also, uh, the devotees there, um, we just got a message that a lot of the devotees have been called up to do national service and have been told that they have to go to Gaza to fight. Uh, so there is catastrophes everywhere in this material world at the moment. Yesterday, uh, as communications officer and also as an interfaith uh, person dealing with uh, different faith traditions, I was asked to actually attend a vigil by all the faith leaders of Melbourne and uh, praying to God like Sri Prahlad in one sense, if we're talking about praying, this is pertinent. They said, Bhakta, we need you to come on behalf of the Hare Krishna movement and also on behalf of the Hindu community and on behalf of Faith Community Council of Victoria to the St. Paul's Cathedral and uh, pray with us because we want peace. We want the, an end to this suffering that's going on, especially in the Middle East and also in Ukraine and Russia. So it was interesting. Uh, the Jewish people couldn't attend and a lot of the Islamic people wouldn't attend also at this point of time because there is that friction between the two factions and it was difficult for them, although one Islamic lady was there, which was good. And all, it was basically a Christian function because it was at the cathedral and so there was a, a conglomerate of all the different Christian faiths. The Archbishop was there, the Archbishop of the Anglican Church and so on and so forth. And they also invited people from other faith traditions. So myself, Buddhist tradition, the Sikh tradition, the Jain tradition, uh, Baha'i, Brahma Kumaris, were all there. Uh, and we all had an opportunity to pray and, and ask the Lord in this sacred place, because if anybody has ever been to the St. Paul's Cathedral or St. Pat's Cathedral, it is actually a sanctuary, it's a holy place. And uh, so in this place we were praying, my Lord, please put an end to the suffering that's happening in these areas. Uh, fortunately, it was covered by SBS. It was on the news last night, which was national broadcast. So that was good. And an interesting thing that occurred was that at the end of the uh, actual vigil, 
uh, all the Christians were allowed to say a prayer. And uh, we all lit candles and everything like that. And then everybody that was there, all the different faith traditions, went up on the altar and presented themselves to God and said, you know, my dear Lord, you know, please uh, avert the, the, the difficulties that people are having in these different countries. And I was asked to do the final prayer, which was quite interesting. And I just wanted to read that little prayer out. So it was interesting because Bishop Huggins was there and he was supposed to read this out. But somehow or other, due to circumstances and the way we were standing on the altar, he came up and he said, Bhakta, would you kindly read the last reading? And I thought, wow, this is pretty amazing. <laughs> so anyway, this was the last reading. It said, let me be, let me be, uh, lead me from death to life, from falsehood to truth. Lead me from despair to hope, from fear to trust. Lead me from hate to love, from war to peace. Let peace fill our hearts, our world, our universe. So that was the prayer that they asked me to read. And this is Lord Chaitanya's prayer. Lord Chaitanya wants nothing more than this. And if we follow the Sankirtan movement, then actually this will take place. This is the real prayer of Lord Chaitanya, that we can actually be free from this material contamination. So at the moment, just to give you a little bit of synopsis of the history of the world at the moment, there are, and the precarious position that we as human beings on this planet are in, there is a nuclear arsenal that is swelling. Literally, there are hundreds and thousands of nuclear bombs that different countries are getting together. And the conflict is on the rise. There is talk, you've probably heard, that of if this escalates any further or if the Russian and Ukraine uh, war escalates, there is a possibility of another world war. We've never experienced anything like that in our lives, but my parents did. My parents were in Europe at the time of the World War, and it is my father could not even talk about it. It was so desperate and so confronting. We have no idea of how difficult it is when there is a world war, when a, war, a world is at war, fighting with one another. Uh, my mother was uh, left alone in a European country, in a European uh, country, and and uh, in Amsterdam, in Holland. My father was uh, shipped off to Berlin uh, as a prisoner, as a slave for the Nazis, and somehow or other they had to make ends meet. And my mother used to have to go and collect potato peels from different places to get enough sustenance for food. But even in that, she was an amazing lady, the Jewish community asked her to actually shelter two Jewish boys. And she did that by herself with two children for a year, hiding them from the Germans. So war is not a pleasant thing. We do not want to have this upon us. Millions are displaced. At the moment also, millions of people are displaced. International law, which they've set up, uh, has been completely disregarded with impunity. People just don't care about what the law of, of uh, that the, the 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 laws of war or the regimes of how you should conduct a war are held, and nobody cares for that anymore. This is a situation that the world finds itself in today, 
as well as the displacement of millions of people, the conflict disrupts access to basic food supplies, water, medical attention, and forces people to extreme poverty, like I was mentioning with my mother. The poorest, most vulnerable pay the highest price. It is not the big diplomats, the soldiers, or anybody else that suffers. It's the everyday people, and you could see that on the news reports at the moment, where young children are being uh, killed and injured, and mothers with their, with their families. So while conflict com usually dominates the headlines, such as Ukraine war and escalating violence in Israel and, Pakistan and uh, Palestine, there are many more conflicts that are going on globally that we don't even realize. Did you know that at the moment there are 38, at least, no, at least 32 different conflicts that are going on in the world today? Fighting that's going on in the world. 32 different conflicts. Uh, conflict and violence are on the rise, even locally. It's pretty horrific how you see the, the change of Kali Yuga just coming in. And uh, I, was, I was talking to some of the, uh, the members of the different faith traditions and they were pointing these out, how there is more conflict and more violence in the world today. And she said, why would that be? And I said, well, this is the rise of Kali Yuga. This is predominant in this Yuga. And I said, it's also because there is a rise of spirituality going comparatively at the same time. That people are becoming more aware of spirituality that spirituality and understanding our position in this world as servants of God is becoming more predominant, not only in the Krishna consciousness movement, but in other aspects of life as well, in science, in other different spirituality. It may not be full understanding, but there is a real growth in spirituality. So as there is a rise of spiritual concepts, there's also the rise of negative concepts. So over... Um, 238,000 people died in glo global conflicts last year, just in 2022. 232,000 people died in conflicts. What to speak of how many were injured, maimed, and disabled, and so on. Two billion people currently live in conflict-affected areas around the world. Two billion people. And it goes on and on and on. And another point, as again, how Kali Yuga is progressing, Slavery has never been more prevalent in the world than it is today. You know, we hear about the slave trade uh, from Africa and the African uh, people were uh, brought over to Americas, to the Americas and to England and different places. Hare Krishna Prabhu. For slavery. And we think, oh, that was such a horrible time and it's so great that there's emancipation and people are free from slavery. But in actual fact, there is more slavery in the world today than there has ever been in the history of mankind. Think about that. People are being used as slaves throughout the world more so than ever before in history. What to speak of the sex child sex trafficking? Did you know that this sex child trafficking, which is part of the slavery, is a major financial industry in the world today? Billions and billions of dollars are invested and, and also um, profits are made from child sex trafficking. And as I said, it goes on and on and on. So we came together to pray, all the faith leaders, in that holy place of the cathedral, 
But does society actually change the sinful attitude, the sinful uh, life, the way of life? Gambling is rampant throughout society. Uh, illicit sex, pornography is rampant. People's understanding of sexuality is completely demeaned. It is, it is just gross. Um, meat consumption is at an all-time high, you know. Uh, intoxication is so needed to deal with today's society. And I'm talking about not only just illicit drugs, but medications. People can't survive without taking medications to counter depression. Uh, young, our young people are totally addicted to computer games. They, they can't get off their little uh, games on their phones and everything. It is, it is actually horrific. So, uh, and then the other thing is atheism is a norm in today's society. When you speak to anybody and you ask them, do you believe in God? Oh no. Practically speaking, a lot of people just have no concept or no thought at all at any time in their life about God. All they're concerned about is the material situation that they're in, their job, their finance, their family and everything, and they never think of God. So all these people, we came together in this dark aspect of human life and we approached God. You know, all the priests and everybody came together and prayed to God. Now there was a crisis. My dear Lord, please help us out of this darkness. So we know from this verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam that Prahlad Maharaj was saved from this darkness. And who was tormented more than Prahlad Maharaj? He was just harassed and cajoled by a person who's supposed to love him, his father. But he, was, he, was, he, had to, he had to go through this. But his prayers were heard by the Lord. So it is that the Lord helps the suffering souls, as we heard from the various purports. He does so when he came as Lord, Maha, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And frankly, in all honesty, where would we be without Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? that incarnation of the Lord that gave the secret to a peaceful, beautiful life of simply calling on the holy name of God. That doesn't mean that everybody necessarily has to be a Hare Krishna devotee. Prabhupada said, any name of any bona fide name of God, if we call on any bona fide name of God, that would be good and that would be fine. There's one painting that they did back in the early 70s or 80s, I think. And this was a huge painting of a Sankirtan party. And within this Sankirtan party, there was a priest, a rabbi, uh, uh, a person from the Islamic faith and everybody. And they were all chanting in their own way the glories of the holy name of the Lord. So Lord Chaitanya is the merciful incarnation. He doesn't come to destroy people. He hasn't come to fight people like Ravan was killed by Lord Ramchandra. Uh, like Nishringadev was ready to rip or ripped Aranya Kashipu open. But Lord Chaitanya came, the munificent Lord, to help people and to give mercy. So along with his appearance also came Lord Nichananda, who again bestowed mercy on all of us through the power of Guru, through the power of Shastra. The six Goswamis, who were the uh, next... Uh, next group of men that were enlightening us, the whole parampara, 
and especially Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada is an amazing personality. We can't, we can't offer enough thanks to Srila Prabhupada for bringing Lord Chaitanya's mission to the Western world, to helping us out in this hour of darkness in this Kali Yuga. Because if it wasn't for him, who knows where we would be. Uh, Bhakti was just reminding me that in the early 60s, there was uh, again a war that was raging, uh, the Vietnam War. And different entities were becoming involved, like the Chinese government, Russians were involved, and there was again a clash between the two major powers of capitalism and communism. And at that stage, there was also a thought that there would be a world war, that again, people would come together and they would fight uh, to the end. And basically, it is the end if it is a nuclear war. So Prabhupada said, all the devotees have to do is to chant fervently, day and night. And so apparently there was a period of time where it was really critical and Prabhupada asked the devotees to chant as much as possible. And he said, it's by this chanting of the holy name of Krishna that we have averted World War Three, And the same thing is applying now. If we're thinking that we're looking at the news and we're seeing the horrific things of war and pain and suffering, if we think there's nothing I can do about it, yes there is. Take this mission of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and chant with even greater fervor, greater diligence. Don't pray for yourself. Please let me become enlightened, let me have self-realization. That's there, that will happen automatically. But pray for the ones that are suffering in the world today. And Lord Chaitanya will hear your prayers. This Sankirtan movement is designed to expose people to the beauty of Krishna. It's, it's, it's meant to expose people to the beauty of Krishna. They have forgotten how beautiful God is, how beautiful Krishna is. Krishna is not a God of hate. Krishna is not a God of anger. Krishna is not a God of, uh, of uh, spite. If you don't serve me, then I'll punish you. This is not God. God is a loving father, mother, who wants only to help the fallen conditioned souls, who have come into this world because of selfishness. They want to enjoy for themselves. And so it is our duty to, to expose people to the beauty of Krishna. How do we expose people to the beauty of Krishna? First and foremost, we have to see that Krishna is beautiful. By chanting, we actually get a perception and a, and, a, and a purview of how beautiful Krishna is because the sound vibration of Krishna and Krishna himself are non-different. And so over a period of time when we chant the holy name of God, Krishna will reveal himself and all his beauty, both his personal beauty and the beauty of his creation. And so um, before coming to the West, Srila Prabhupada was given this onerous task by his spiritual master to save humanity. It's nothing less than saving humanity. This was Prabhupada's mission. You know, his spiritual master. We sometimes read in the Lilamrita, you know, where Prabhupada, uh, is, is, it's explained how Prabhupada met his Guru Maharaj and, and Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj said, so when you get an opportunity, go and preach this in the Western countries, right? We hear this all the time. And we think, yeah, that's nice. And he was fulfilling that order of preaching. But what Prabhupada was actually doing, the mission 
that Bhaktisiddhanta actually gave him was to save the world. The world would not be uh, able to survive without the Sankirtan movement. So Prabhupada, before he came, he had to prepare himself. Can you imagine? I mean, we can't. But somehow or other, your teacher, your spiritual master tells you, okay, I want you to go to this place, and by going to this place, you will save humanity. What an onerous task. But Prabhupada was given this mission, and he knew that that was the mission. It wasn't just to go to America and distribute some books. It was actually to save humanity. And so Prabhupada had to prepare himself. You know, and he prayed to all the Acharyas that he would be successful in fulfilling his Guru's order. And he waited and waited and waited until he was ready. There are stories of how Prabhupada, even before he became sannyas, would travel to Advaita Acharya's house. And there are stories of people that actually saw him, uh, unbeknownst to him, how he was crying at Advaita Acharya's house, please allow me to do this service for my Guru Maharaj, knowing the awesome task that he had to do. And then also at the Samadhis where he was in Radha Damodar Temple, uh, praying, you know, uh, with tears in his eyes he would approach the Samadhi of Rupa Goswami, you know, please let me do this service in the correct way. Give, please give me the strength to do this. So, so much compassion that Prabhupada had. And then he came. When he was ready, he came. And no matter how much uh, difficulty he had, he was never put off by that challenge. Now he had the strength of the Goswamis, of the Parampara, of Lord Nityananda, of Lord Chaitanya, to go on and present this Krishna consciousness uh, far and wide throughout all the different countries of the world. And he did it. In 108 places, temples were set up at the time. And it's growing exponentially all the time. Krishna consciousness is growing. So much compassion. So Prabhupada had extreme faith, shraddha, faith in the order of his spiritual master. He knew the profundity of, the, of that instruction. That he knew the instruction that he was given, that he was the only one, the only one, that could deliver the fallen conditioned souls in this age of Kali. What a task. He said actually when, uh, when he arrived in America, he told his disciples later, you know if, if, if the authorities, the demoniac authorities knew what I had come to do, they would never have let me into country. But because I'm an old man, they didn't even think about it. But Prabhupada revolutionized uh, the world. He saved the world. So Prabhupada had faith, Shraddha, in faith in his spiritual master's instruction, had faith that this was going to happen. Prabhupada said, there are so many, before it even manifested, Prabhupada said, there are so many temples, so many books have been distributed. It is only a matter of time. It's time that's separating us from that. And we can see that now it's happening. The faith is still going because Prabhupada is still here. Prabhupada is with us every day, pushing us on to do more and more of Lord Chaitanya's mission. He knew the power of service to the Lord. When you perform a little bit of service, it only means you're going to do more service. You know, at our preaching centers, we ask a person to do a little bit of service. 
Oh, can I do something for Bill? Yes, sure. Can you move this to over here and move that over there? Or can you just move that over there? Just a little service for a newcomer or something. And straight away they think, oh, that was really nice. I want to do more. Can I help in the kitchen? Can I do this? And so the service starts to happen more and more. And also, Prabhupada had forgiveness. Forgiveness. He forgives us for the, for the mistakes that we make, for the fall downs that we have, for the difficulty we have in following his instruction or his representative's instruction. You think about it. Sometimes we see images of Srila Prabhupada. What Prabhupada had to go through in his life in preaching. He had heart attacks coming over to, to uh, 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 America. You know, he had illnesses. In the early days also, they had to take him to hospital because of heart difficulties. Uh, apparently, I just heard also that Prabhupada also had knee problems, which I thought, yes, <laughs> Prabhupada's also got knee problems. I've got knee problems. But Prabhupada never complained about it. Unlike me, I complain about it all the time, but Prabhupada never complained. He said, nobody knew about that, but I have also have pain. And then when you see Prabhupada passing away, you know, the suffering that he went through for so many months, you know, and still he kept on preaching. Now, usually we say, well, the, the suffering that a person has is because of what? Because of a person's karma. Prabhupada had no karma. So why was he suffering? He was suffering for us. He was suffering. He knew that this was for, for him to be able to do his mission. He had to take on the suffering. Like Vasudeva Datta, when, when he approached Lord Chaitanya and he said, Vasudeva Datta said, let me have all the sins of all the fallen souls. Put it on me, but save them. Prabhupada did the same thing and continues to do the same thing. Because for the next... 10,000 years, this will be the legacy. And so in that period of time when Prabhupada was living with us on this planet, he went through enormous suffering as well as preaching. But it was for all the times that we were negligent, when we had difficulties. Even his disciples, his grand disciples, his great-great disciples, his great-great-great-great disciples, we all come under the family of Srila Prabhupada. And we were responsible for that. So what do we do? We make amends by working harder for Prabhupada. He is Sumedhisaha, a person of substantial intelligence. This was pointed out in the purport. He was the epitome of an intelligent, substantially intelligent person. Because he knew that Krishna is everything, that Krishna consciousness is everything. So these qualities that Srila Prabhupada has, we have to develop in our own lives. We have to develop more faith. We have to develop more faith that actually this process works. How many times do we doubt it? We pick up our bead bang and think, are you really sure I chant Hare Krishna? We have to have faith that this is the process to alleviate the suffering, not only our suffering, but the suffering of the world. So we have to have faith in that, that the process works. We have to have faith in the holy name. It sounds so simple. You know, that all you have to do is just call on the holy names of God. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And then, you know, everything will be okay. 
But it's, we have to have faith in that, that this is actually what will happen. We have to have faith in Srila Prabhupada's books, the instructions that Prabhupada is giving us. We have to have faith that they will lead us in the correct direction. We have to help the movement to grow. We have to help the movement to grow. Each and every one of us has a responsibility to help this movement grow. Each and every one of us, we just had initiations last Saturday. It's so nice to see devotees taking on this mission. But it's more than just a mission for oneself. You're taking on this mission to save the world. I know it sounds incredibly over the top, but actually it is a fact. When you become a devotee of Krishna, when you become part of this family, then you actually have the responsibility of the grandfather, of the father. And what was that responsibility that Bhaktisiddhanta gave to Prabhupada? Save the world. We can see nothing more at the moment than the world needs saving. So it's up to us. We all have to become little Prabhupads. We have to push this movement on. Now one of the things now with social media is that it's so easy to criticize. Everybody puts their two bob in, isn't it? Oh, this shouldn't have been done. About the movement, about Krishna consciousness. We should avoid as much as possible criticizing aspects of the movement. Sure, there has to be honest evaluation of what is right and what's wrong and how we're going. That's fine. But unnecessary criticism is not wanted. We don't need that. That's just a detriment to growth of, the, of this movement. There's so much development that is happening when we look around as far as the positivities of the growth of this movement. So much is happening. So many books are being distributed. So much preaching is going on throughout the world. In India now, ISKCON is such a prominent organization, spiritual organization, Everybody is so amazingly um, appreciative of ISKCON. You know, even in my interfaith work, I deal with a lot of the other Hindu organizations, you know, such as Sai Baba, uh, Brahma Kumaris, uh, Swami Narayan group, so many. All of them come back to ISKCON and say, you know, ISKCON is so powerful. You know why? because we're the only ones that are presenting Vedic culture to other people aside of Indian people. All the other faith traditions just stay within their own demographic, their racial demographic. ISKCON branches out and presents it to the West. Every time I go to a HOTA meeting, which is Hindu organizations, temples and associations, they ask me to speak. I said, present this knowledge to the non-Indian people, Western people, white people, Gora Bhaktas like me. Present, Iskand, present this Vedic knowledge to them. None of them do it. The Sikh tradition also, none of them do it. Only Iskand is doing that. Only Prabhupada's movement is presenting it. Only Prabhupada was acting on the order of the spiritual master. Give it to everyone. So this is uh, really amazing. Just recently we see the growth in India, but also we see the growth in, um, in, um, in the US, in, the, in North America. Recently a colleague of mine in communications, international communications, um, Anagopal, presented 
uh, a, a presentation at the US conference of all the temple presidents and everything. Uh, amazing growth. Sometimes we think, what's happening in America as far as the Hare Krishna movement is concerned? It is growing exponentially. Temples are popping up everywhere, all over the place. Bhakti yoga groups, uh, bhakti vriksha groups, uh, restaurants all over, you know. There was book distribution is, is going in great leaps and bounds. They want, uh, one of the, 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 the uh, sale of Bhagavatam sets in the United States is just increasing and increasing. They have set a target for themselves. By 2025, they will distribute over 100,000 sets of Srimad Bhagavatams in one year. That's the target they've set them for themselves. 100,000 sets, sets, not just one book, but sets of Bhagavatams. So we here in Australia are also known for our distribution efforts. And so they've set the higher mark. But these are the things that will save humanity, actually. When they read the knowledge that's in, in, invested in these books and, and they, become under, they understand the uh, necessity of, of spiritual life. The other area is uh, service. We have to take up, Prabhupada took on this service, you know. We have to take up this mission to save humanity. This is our job as well, each and every one of us. So we have to try our best in the areas that are unique to us to reach out to the public. Don't keep Krishna consciousness to yourself. Each one of us is unique in some way. We have some unique quality. And we have the ability to actually communicate with people in our own unique way. We have to, if you don't know what that unique way is, then you have to actually ask, what can I do? But there are so many things that we can do to save humanity. Very simple. Even a, a simple person that's doing housework. You know, sometimes we denigrate, oh, a woman is just at home doing housework. She can be the most vital preacher of all of us by book distribution, by going out and, and offering prasadam, going neighbour to neighbour and making friends with your neighbours and encouraging them to come together and have a prayer session together. So many things we can do. So everyone in our own unique way can reach out to the public. We have to streamline our service with the advancement of technology. And we see this happening at the temple here. With the advancement of technology, and we've got so many IT experts within this temple. <laughs> it's amazing how many people have just got such an amazing skill as far as modern technology is concerned. So we have to utilize that modern technology to, to uh, simplify and make things more productive. Uh, you know, something like YouTube clips. Who watches YouTube clips? Not just of little puppies and little cats and stuff, but they're funny. But YouTube clips, preaching. There are so many preachers out there that are preaching amazing things. Just recently I've been really catching up with a disciple of uh, Kadamba Kanana Maharaj, uh, Keshava Maharaj. And he gives these incredible podcasts and different lectures on YouTube. Astounding. It fills you up with... with joy to hear his teachings. It fills you up with enthusiasm. Such an enthusiastic person. Then you get a, 
a, a video clip of Radhana Swami or Shivaram Swami or Indradumna Maharaj when he gives his whole tour of of uh, of uh, uh, Poland, you know, and what they do there. It's amazing. So we have to utilize technology like that. Even here in our city, little city here in Melbourne, some of the brahmacharis are using the YouTube platform to actually preach. Manmohan, uh, Arjun Sakka, they're all doing these podcasts and they're answering wonderful questions and helping people. So we're utilizing technology. Uh, in the temple here also, we're becoming more professional in as far as we're developing strategic planning, becoming more focused. How can we better serve the public? How can we better push on this movement using technology again? More productive. Then the other thing that Prabhupada had was forgiveness. And forgiveness is part of our Krishna consciousness. When we read in the Shastras about Devaki and Vasudeva, they were so forgiving. Could we be as forgiving as what Vasudeva and Devaki, where every one of their children was smashed up against the wall? You know, it was just, and they forgave. Kamsa, they forgave him. Similarly, Pallad Maharaj, right here, forgave Hiranyakashipu. And his prayers are glorifying the Lord, but in the same token, he was forgiving. So forgiveness is a thing that the devotees also have to imbibe and take on. Just as Prabhupada is forgiving our faults, our anatas, our uh, misdemeanors, our fall downs, he's forgiving, Krishna's forgiving. We also have to be forgiving when there is communication difficulty between two devotees or there's some antagonism between devotees, we have to be able to forgive. We have to be able to let things go. Just be uh, uh, accepting and, and loving. Uh, I'm reading at the moment a really wonderful book by Kadamba Kanan Maharaj called um, Ever Present. Is, have you read that yet, Sukadeva? It's a little book and it's for his disciples. It's Ever Presence. And he, one of the sections is there on forgiving and how we should be able to forgive when a devotee does some wrong to us. One of the things that he said, an, an epitome of a spiritual group, group being forgiving, was there was an incident with the Amesh group. Anybody know the Amesh group? They're a group that, uh, non-violence in America, they have these communes and everything, and this Amesh group were attacked by a uh, uh, a mentally deranged person, their school was attacked and this mentally deranged person shot a number of their children. Really horrific. And so they had this service for all the children at this particular place in America and the whole and all the all the Amish people were there. But in the same token they had a, a funeral for the boy that was uh, the assailant right, who was killed by the police. So they had a funeral for him as well. And in fact, more people from the Amish community came to his funeral to support his parents and his family than they did for their own children. That's how forgiving they were. So this is the kind of forgiveness that we need to imbibe in our consciousness as well. And remember the faults and the difficulties that we've had in our Krishna consciousness, the letdowns, 
for Srila Prabhupada and his representatives and we have to actually also be very forgiving. By taking up Lord Chaitanya's mission of saving the world and counteracting the darkness, we'll be called upon to be an example, to be everybody's well-wisher and to be a friend for all. This is what's needed. We have to be an example, so we have to, to the best of our abilities, be a devotee in all manners, not that we are part-time devotees, we are full-time devotees. That doesn't mean that you have to wear a sari and a dhoti and tilak and everything all the time, but in your heart you carry, you're a devotee. You have to be a well-wisher of everyone. Prabhupada, any time he communicated with anybody, it was always your ever-well-wisher. Not just your well-wisher, but your ever-well-wisher. Prabhupada is always here for us. Always. He's always wishing the best for us. And he sacrifices so much. And a friend to all. This is the most important thing in Krishna consciousness. And I keep stressing this time and time and time again. We have to develop friendships. Both with our God brothers and sisters. Loving relationships. But everyone we meet, we have to be a friend. Make it your duty that somehow or other we befriend people. Be friendly to people. Offer them love. Offer them respect. You know, there's that... Um, yeah, you just have to... In the Yajur Veda, actually, the Lord states, this is the Lord speaking, May all beings look on me with the eyes of a friend. May I look upon all beings with the eyes of a friend. May we look on one another with the eyes of a friend. The Lord is a friend to every one of us. Friend to all. That means not only a friend to humans, but also a friend to animals and, and living entities that are around us, the environment. Be friendly in every way we can. It's really interesting, I'll, I'll finish up with this, but it's really interesting how Krishna makes the arrangements for you to learn. And in my personal case, I've had this great opportunity to actually just understand a couple of things really clearly about this material world. In the mornings, I chant my rounds in our house and there's a hallway, a long hallway, right? So for an hour I chant, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I learned that from Kadamba Kananda Maharaj. Maharaj said, that's my exercise straight away as well, I just chant Hare Krishna. So he's chanting up and down. So in our house, now that the weather is getting a little warmer, I keep the front door open. So all of a sudden I see, when I'm chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, I see these birds flying under the canopy in the front of the house. Like, what's going on here, you know? So we have these two little lights that come on when you come in. You know, they're by solar energy, you know, you walk in and the lights go on so you can put the key in the door. So I see these birds and they're bringing all this straw and stuff behind these lights. And I think, oh, this is a nonsense, you know. So I move, move the first time, got the hose, moved it away. And they came again. The next day, they're still, they're determined. They're going to make this a nest. And so the little birds are creating this nest and then they're sweeping in, you know, doing so busy. And this is the material world. You're always busy, 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 busy with material things. So then there's these little, finally, they, ha they lay some eggs. Now they're not put off by me coming in and out or Bhakti coming in and out. They sort of must sense, 
I'm safe here. No one's going to harass me here. And they, they put it in such a way that the Indian miners and the butcher birds, because they like pecking at eggs, they won't come into that section where we live. So, so the birds are sitting there. And every day I'm watching them. And all the, all the things that Prabhupada was telling us about, how in the material world all we do is eat, sleep, mate and defend was going on right and happening in front of me, an attachment to the material world. These little birds, and we've all been little birds at one stage in our sojourn of 8,400,000 species of life, believe it or not. So these little birds, they're gathering, first they gather all the straws, they build the nest, then the eggs came, and then the work really began. Now they have to feed these little chicks. So when you see them, you see these little beaks popping up with a mouth up, and mum and dad have to go and pick food, and they're flying day and night, day and night, you know, to bring food to these little chicks. Amazing. But it was just so obvious that this is the material world. It is you have to work hard to, to sustain yourself in this material world, to eat, you have to have, provide food for your offsprings, you have to protect them, you know, you have to defend them, and, and uh, sleeping at night time when we come home, the two little birds are sitting on top, of the, on top of the light fitting and they're completely wiped out from the day's work, you know, so they're just sitting there. And they couldn't care whether we were coming in or doing anything or the lights on or anything, you know, so this is the material world. Working hard day and night for material sense gratification and it's like that. Now we do that, but in the same token we can dovetail all that propensity, all those different activities in Krishna's service. And this is what Lord Chaitanya teaches us. This is what Lord Chaitanya's mission is all about. Yes, we continue on with our eating, sleeping, mating and defending, but we do it under the auspices of Krishna consciousness, of God consciousness, living our lives in a saintly way. And that and then will happen, it, it will bring peace to this troubled world. There's no doubt about that. It's a proven fact. Here we have the story of Pallad Maharaj. He prayed to the Lord, the Lord protected him. Lord Chaitanya is doing the greatest work. He's set up this process of bhakti yoga and it is saving the world. So this is our job as well. So we shouldn't be depressed about the darkness of Kali Yuga. Sometimes we can get into that malaise, you know. We see the news and we go, oh, wow, it's so sad. It's, it depresses us. We can't help it. It makes us feel, oh, where are we heading? Counteract that. Straight away pick up your bead bag. Read Prabhupada's books. That's how you're saving the world. From your own home, from your own little room, from your own place. You can save the world by becoming spiritually positive. Keep this in mind all the time, that we're not these material bodies. When, when we don't belong in this material world, we belong in the spiritual world with Krishna. Krishna is beautiful, and it is the beauty of Krishna which we will give to everyone that will alleviate the suffering of this world. So we belong, in essence, to Lord Chaitanya's family. We are part of Lord Chaitanya's. He's adopted us. You know, we are part of his family, Achuta Gotra, the Lord's family. So in the Chaitanya Bhagavad it says, Gotram nu vardatam iti. 
let this family, our family lineage increase. So we have to somehow or other, in our own way, in our own respective way, in our own abilities, increase Lord Chaitanya's family. If we're serious about saving this, uh, this world, instead of just making a comment, oh, the world is so wrong, there's conspiracy theories here, there's pain and suffering here, just look at these demons. Don't even entertain that. Go straight to the source. I'm going to chant better rounds. I'm going to chant really good rounds today. Not for me, but I want to help Prabhupada save the world. That's what he came for. That's why he's here. And he'll stay with us and his representatives. So Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Thank you so very much. Any comments or questions at all, Prabhu? Yes, Mataji. Just repeat that, Mataji, if you don't mind. Hare Krishna. Thank you for the excellent class. So I remembered a quote that I had read that um, the biggest contribution you'll make to the world is who you are as a person. And uh, what you just said is what we can do. Uh, we can just chant better rounds and be better devotees. And by, just by doing that, we're helping the world yeah. by being better people. And um, my guru, His Grace Vaisheshika Prabhu, says that distributing books and doing Sankirtan is high sadhana. And that inspires me because if I just add that on to my sadhana, that I go out and do good for other people. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what I'm doing as a part of my sadhana. And um, that's just who I am as a person. And if we can do that, uh, just to be better devotees and we're helping the world. Absolutely. And that's it. Just strive every time to be more faithful, to have more service and to be forgiving and to be a friend to everyone. It's as simple as that. But yeah, you're absolutely correct. And don't think that your rounds are meaningless. When we chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, what is that? It's a vibration. It's a sound vibration. From sound, uh, from science today, we understand that no vibration is ever lost. So by chanting this mantra, it, it went out here to the ether and it goes around the world. Your chant, this chant, any chant. That mantra is non different from Krishna. So when we chant on our daily rounds, 16 rounds every day minimum, that actually that vibration goes around the world and encases the world. This is a fact. That's not just uh, hearsay or speculation. This is scientific fact. This is the science of Krishna consciousness. You know, people say, how can faith actually help today's society? How can this religion help faith? Look what religions have done in the past. Ours is not just, Lord Chaitanya's movement is not just another religion. It is the science of God consciousness. There is a science behind God consciousness, behind Lord Chaitanya's teachings, you know. Say, for example, um, you want to get a degree in, in university, right? Uh, and you have to approach the teacher. 
You approach the teacher by love, correct? By offering respects and so on, and then the teacher instructs you, correct? So that's a science. That's how you do it. So in the same way, when we go to Krishna and ask Krishna, my dear Lord, engage me in your service, my dear Lord, engage me in your service, my dear Lord, engage me in your service, I love you, and I want to read about you, because again, you know, I love you, I want to read more about you, there's reciprocation. It's a science. And God, there is God, as much as the atheists would like to tell you that God doesn't exist. He exists. And even quantum physics now understands. We're coming to a stage now in, in, in humanity where scientists who once would say God is dead are now saying, hang on, there is a creative force behind everything. There cannot be a, a, a random happening. Darwin's theory is a fallacy. It doesn't work. And all scientists now know it, that it's a fallacy. There is no way that creation could just spring up. There's a creative force behind it. We understand that that creative force is the most attractive, most beautiful, all-glorious personality of Godhead, which we call Krishna. Others call him Allah. You know, others call him Jehovah. They're just names. But ours is Krishna, all-attractive personality. If he created everything in this universe, he must be all-attractive, all-powerful, all-transcendent. But his beauty is the thing that captivates us. Prabhupada was given, uh, at a darshan one time, Prabhupada was given this rose, right? And, pra and Prabhupada grabbed it and he smelled the rose and he said, how is it that this rose can extract the f such a beautiful fragrance from the earth? How is it? This is by the grace of Krishna. So, you know, there is so much beauty. There is so much beauty in the world today that we cannot negate it. When we, you just drive down, you see the sea and everything is working so inharmonious. You know, there is a creative force behind it. You can talk to anybody now, any atheist, anything. You can say, look, it's been scientifically proven that there is a creative force behind everything. This is science, my friend. This is not a religion. So if there's a creative force to connect to that creative force, just like you have to connect to a, 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 a professor if you want a degree, you have to connect with him. How do you connect with that creative force? And the great sages over time have told you, this is how you do it. And in this age, he came himself, the Supreme Lord came himself and said, I'm not coming with all the bells and whistles. I'm simply coming as an example, as a devotee. Just do as I'm doing, you know. And by that we can understand. And it was the greatest example, you know. Just chant Hare Krishna. And that's, that's it. Does that make sense? Yes, Bhakti. Um, actually, when Prabhupada was talking about the rose, just as an aside, um, Prabhupada said, how does the rose know to pick this fragrance yeah, from yeah, the yeah, earth? Yeah, yeah. So many yeah, among all the other fragrances, how does the rose know how to pick, pick this fragrance from the earth? And just a little comment on, you know, when people make the comment um, that religion has caused so many problems in the world, 
religion has caused so many wars. Well, actually, it's not, you know, what you can say to a person who says that it's not actually the religion that caused the problem. It's people's misunderstanding of the religion that causes the problem. Yeah. Because when they misunderstand what the religion is trying to teach them, they become fanatic, and their fanaticism is what causes all the problems. Thanks, Bhakti. Yeah, it's not that we are, uh, it's not that we are sectarian, you know, that we think that the Hare Krishna movement is the only way that we're going to conquer the world with bald-headed men and ladies wearing saris. It's not going to happen that way. We're going to encourage everyone in all different walks of life to chant the holy name in their own way. But we have to show them that the science of Krishna consciousness, the science of connecting to God, is calling on his holy name in this day and age. That vibratory quality of the Lord is not different to the Lord himself. Yes, Prabhu. Yeah, no, thank you. Very nice uh, uh, discourse today. Thank you, Prabhu. About the para and opera shaktis of Krishna. So sometimes the opera shakti becomes more prevalent than the Parashakti, then mm -hmm. the, so all are Krishna's mercy and all comes from Him, right? Yeah. Yeah, so how we can balance them is the question. And as you are saying, the chanting, uh, going through the mouth of the devotees, purifies and thus transcendent the whole world through the vibration. So if I look at the all-pervading, all-pleasing and all-potent uh, Krishna. Is it not the Krishna's will that we are just fulfilling his will? Sometimes the opera shakti becomes more prevalent. Sometimes the para shakti becomes more prevalent. Yeah, but we have free so, will. So, do we have any free will in that aspect? Well, we have free will. And that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, so you free know. will, until you are not a devotee, you feel you have free will. But when you, you become a devotee... Everyone has free will. Yeah. So can but you explain in that aspect that well, what that is free will? Well, that was given to us when yeah, we decided please. to come to this material world. You know, we decided that we thought that we would want to enjoy for ourselves instead of offering everything to Krishna. And we thought that would make us happy. And so the Lord is so accommodating, He said, yeah, there's this material world out here, you go and enjoy over there. And he gave us free will. Free will is the mechanism for love. If you don't have free will, you can't love. Also, you cannot hate as well. Huh? You cannot hate as well if you don't have the yeah, free will. Yeah, exactly. So you yeah. have that choice. So I choose to love Krishna. And when we choose to love Krishna, you're home and hose. But how much, how much of your free will are you willing to give? I still want to enjoy a little bit, you know? As that, that, that's an analogy that uh, is sometimes given, uh, I think it was Prabhupada or somebody, and uh, they, he said, the material world is like a man hugging a tree. And, and the tree, it, he said, I can't, uh, let me go, let me go, let me go. The tree's not holding you back, but he's holding himself back. So we're holding ourselves back from loving Krishna. If we just surrender to it, then you can give up the, the nonsense activities of the material world. That, that desire to enjoy separate from Krishna, then, uh, you know, we, we will make progress in Krishna consciousness and go back home, back to God, back to Him. He guarantees that. The Bhagavatam, the Bhagavad Gita actually, has many verses 
uh, two verses in particular which specify a guarantee. You know when you buy a car, you have a guarantee? You have so much warranty? Yeah. Sabadama Parijakya, Mamikam Saranambaja, Hamtam Sabapapapya Moksheshi Manasacha. I guarantee it. Just become my devotee. Abandon everything else. Just become my devotee. Just love me. I'll protect you. I'll take you back home. Krishna says that. Prabhupada says that. Prabhupada says, just your ever well wisher. I'll be with you all the time. I'll never leave you. Even in your darkest hours, as some of these devotees in the Ukraine, in Palestine, in Russia are experiencing, and 32 other places, because Krishna consciousness is everywhere now in the world. And there are devotees that are suffering, even in here in Melbourne, there are devotees that are suffering. They've got cancer, they've got this, they've got ailments. It's all heading for us. That's the material world. But Krishna says, I'll never leave you. Never leave you. There's so many times there's uh, interesting stories, like when I was in Mayapur, and I repeat this time and time again, there was a devotee there that I had the opportunity of seeing passing away, a Prabhupada disciple, and, uh, and he, he, he had left Iskon for a period of time. But somehow or other, by Prabhupada's mercy, he came back to Mayapur at the time when he was passing away, and we had the opportunity to uh, chant for him, you know. And when he was passing away, and what was it again, Bhakti? He was, um, he was passing away and then at the last minute, all of a sudden, you know, he was very grey and just, you know how you see a dying person, it's very traumatic. And then at the last minute, just before he was passing away, his whole face lit up and he said, you've come. Oh, oh Prabhupada, you've come. Went away. Let's get goosebumps when you think about it again. So this is waiting for all of us. Prabhupada will come and he will take us back home, back to Godhead. If not immediately, we'll get an opportunity to again serve his mission. You know? Yes, Sukadeva Prabhu. Just um, a couple of weeks, a few weeks back, um, I went to a... I went to a barber doing my hair. And uh, he noticed my seeker in the back. And he said, are you Hare Krishna? And I said, yes, I am Hare Krishna. I follow Chandi. And he said, oh, I was a very, um, uh, you know, like God believing in God person. Mm. He said, I don't believe in the God anymore. I don't. <clears throat> and he said, and he said, why? And he said, the war in the U Ukraine. Why is not God stopping the war in the Ukraine? That was his first, you know, like, uh, I mean, just instant, instant answer came and said, did God, God came in, in, in the, both the parties and then in, in said, you fight? It's the conflicts between us to solve the problem. I mean, you, you're blaming the God, but you know, God never came then and he said, okay, you, you, you fight. <laughs> So the, the 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 common notion in in uh, in general public seeing these kind of conflicts like uh, you know Palestine and Israel and it is kind of seen as the uh, one my religion is better than yours and I fight against you and then we're gonna just um, you know 
prove who's the superior. It's so how do we, um, you know, like tell these people that you know religion is causing a problem in the world? It's it's a cause because that's what they see it externally, right? So how do we like? Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I hear my spiritual master speaking about quite often. It's tribalism more than anything. Sorry? Tribalism. My tribe against your tribe. Because all the, um, all the different Abrahamic religions all come from that Middle East area, right? Where there was a lot of tribes and they fought with one another. And so this whole thing of my God is better than your God and we have to convert, it never happened in India. Never happened in India. There was never any fratricidal wars or religious wars in India or any other part of the world, really, except in the Abrahamic countries where they try to convert someone to their religion. You don't believe my way, or I'll kill you. Or you don't believe us, or we'll kill you. You know, in India, there are so many different faith traditions and they get along. Even when Lord Buddha came, Lord Buddha chastised the Brahmins. How dare you, you know, this religious system that had been going for thousands of years, Buddha came along and said, this is all a nonsense. You know, they didn't attack him. They argued with him, but there wasn't any violence. Or the Jain tradition or the Sikh tradition, you know. So it's only happening in these Abrahamic countries where they say that their God is a spiteful God, an angry God. They've got a misinterpretation. They've got a wrong understanding of who God is. You know, how can they have this concept of God, you know, where God the Father, can you imagine a father? The son does something wrong to the father, and he said, okay, I'll fix you up, fellow. And he gets a blowtorch and starts burning him, right? But he doesn't kill him. He just backs off just before he dies. And he gains a little bit more life and starts burning again. This is the philosophy that the, and this is just between us, that the Abrahamic traditions, this eternal hell. What, what sort of a loving God does that to his children? So God is all loving. We make our own destiny. We make our own karmic reactions. The Lord just wants to love us. So when they talk about the faith traditions, you know, it's, it's a misunderstanding of their faith. As Bhakti was saying, there's a misunderstanding of their faith tradition. Because when you really, and I mean, I've been studying all the different faith traditions as interfaith communications officer, and I studied them. And when you get the essence of all the teachings out of what men have put in, and I mean men, basically, and their tribalism, mine's better than yours, it's so innate in men. I'm better than you. I'm bigger than you. I'm better than you. You know, it, it's, it, there is nothing of that within their faith. When you see Jesus' teachings, it's bhakti yoga. Prabhupada said Jesus' teachings is bhakti yoga. What is this one profound commandment they give? Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your mind, and love and all your soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's bhakti yoga. You know? Similarly, all the psalms of, say, um, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the psalms. Who was it again in the Bible? All these different scriptures, you know, where, where 
where is glorifying God. God is a loving person. God is a loving personality. So it's, it's all the same. And so we have to just, you know, even the prayer, like we went to this thing yesterday, you know, the prayer that they pray is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Glorify God's name. That's a Christian, you know. So it was, it was very interesting to be in that association. So yeah, it's, yes, Bhakti. Personally, I've not studied all the religions, but what I do know is that Krishnanda Bhagavad Gita says, I come millennium after millennium, yeah. or I sent my representative. And it's not just that he comes as Krishna. He comes in different, uh, uh, you know, he comes to the person who wants to worship him in whatever consciousness they are at. So, you know, he sent Buddha for that tradition and, you know, he comes as Buddha for that tradition and he comes as Muhammad as, you know, like, I'm just saying he sends different messengers for different uh, uh, people depending on the level of awareness that they're at. So that I've only seen in the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna says, you know, I give you all different opportunities wherever you're at, you can approach me. So, um, as far as then um, religions causing trouble for other religions, from my understanding, what I can see is that unless your worldview includes the understanding of God allowing everybody to make their choice as to how they want to worship him, Right? If, your, if your religious tradition does not include that worldview that God has actually given everybody free will to allow them to serve God in their own way, then the issue comes up, well, right. my religion is better than your religion. Yeah. Yeah. So unless your religion includes the opportunity for all religions to worship God in their own way and to allow them to do that without you interfering and telling them what to do, you know, because in that way there's no issues, there's yeah. no problems. No, you're absolutely no. right. And that's one of the things as far as I was saying that there's, yes, there's a rise of darkness, but also there is a rising of the light. And one of the areas is in interfaith, where we actually come together and respect one another. Uh, even the Pope at the moment from the Catholic Church is very much into an ecumenical mood of welcoming people into, uh, in, into dialogue with one another on faith. The Catholic Church for many, many, many centuries have said that they are the only way to God. This is the first Pope that have said that there are other ways to God through other faith traditions. So that's Pope Francis. So this is an amazing step forward. And the interfaith movement around the world is just increasing and increasing where we hear and we work. Honestly, these people that I was with yesterday are my friends. And some of them are better devotees than devotees that I know, dedicated to God, you know? And they may not be completely following all the principles, but their love for God is, is really strong, you know? So we respect them, and as I said, one of our duties is to be friends with everyone. You know, like in friendship, this bishop offered me the opportunity to have the last word at this conference, which was televised around Australia, a Hare Krishna, 
I'm thinking, you know, I'm nobody, I'm nothing. But somehow or other, this bishop felt that I should give the last talk as a representative of Srila Prabhupada. Pretty amazing when I walked away from him. I didn't even realize it at the time. I just thought, oh yeah, I'll read this out, no worries. And then someone came up to me and said, wow, it's amazing that God has made the arrangement that you just happened to be near the microphone at that time and the bishop asked you to read the last passage. And I thought, yeah, actually, I, I got this opportunity by Prabhupada's mercy. I'll read it again. Lead me not from death to life, from falsehood to truth. Lead me from despair to hope, from fear to trust. Lead me from hate to love, from war to peace. Let peace fill our hearts, our world and our universe. Srila Prabhupada, ki jai. That's for him. Jai. Thank you very much, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Mm -hmm.